everyone, and welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode number 14. Um, I'm Lucy James, joined by... All right, let's go around the room. Tamar Hussein. Hi. Chastity Vicencio. Hello. John Luke Hi, hi. And Joey Yee. Hi. So we actually have... A no, Chastity, is this your first this time? This is my first time. I think because you were supposed to be on a couple weeks ago. So I was. in my head, I've always just assumed that you've been on. <laughs> um, so Chastity heads up GameSpot Universe. Uh, for us here and Joey betrayed us all <laughs> no Joey Joey used to work here and you um, were the chosen one I was the, the chosen best one. boy of GameSpot yeah and uh, we miss him every day but he has come back uh, is the video gonna be live by the time this goes up John Luke it's gonna no probably no, not okay not. well he's come back for a special project we can say what it is that's okay. fine uh, an episode of potato mode Ooh. yay potato what, mode do we say what game it's for yeah it's for I mean uh, it's out already <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> been out for a while I mean you know potato mode takes a lot of work so we it's Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> <laughs> I had this whole setup yeah it's Red Dead yeah so very excited to see that because you guys filmed that today and then you've come on as a guest of GameSpot after that. Yeah, so and thanks, thanks, thank you so much for allowing me to, to come back in here. Well, you're best boy. You're always allowed. You are always welcome here. Okay, mm -hmm. I guess, can we describe exactly? I've, I know I've asked this before, but the definition of what a best boy is. In terms of anime in general? Or, or for the reason why I'm called it? Everyone just is kind of unanimous around the office yeah. when we were like, hey, who's best boy? And everyone just says Joey. So then what is a best boy in anime terms? Tam, take this one. <laughs> a best boy is a... It can be a best girl as well. Um, someone who transcends their own archetypes and stereotypes to touch you in a very real way off screen. What? Touch your soul. Okay, thank unless you. you're watching VR porn, in which case... Something else. Huh. That sentence um, took. <laughs> so it's, it's someone, I feel like I know less about yeah. it now. <laughs> it's someone that you connect with on a deep spiritual and emotional level. Like, for example, someone who inspires you and makes you want to be better and, and, and feel you feel good around them. I agree with that last yeah. part. Joey yeah. inspires me and makes me want to be That makes me want to cry. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, <laughs> if you're watching My Hero Academia, Midoriya is a best boy because... He Aww. makes you want to be better just by the virtue of him being himself. That's true. You're Although an inspiration. I think the, inspiration. the best part is be, is that I am the one who probably watches the least anime out of yeah. everyone in the office. <laughs> <laughs> but th but thank you so much for the, no, it's that Jake. title. Mm. No. Mm. No. 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 Jake, is, Jake plays Jake. anime. He does so, play I mean, anime. Yeah, he does. All right, let's kick off with the uh, the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment because uh, we've got two new voices on the podcast. So... Uh, we, uh, if every, every time we have someone new on, uh, the Chris from Dayton Ohio segment is basically a who you are, um, what you do here at GameSpot, or what you did here at GameSpot, and uh, the games that you like, the games you keep returning to, just so people get to kind of know you, sort of in a nutshell, in a nutshell. So, I guess I'm doing the jingle, am I? Is there a jingle? Okay, there is. There is. Right, right. You're not, you're <clears throat> not going to expect how good this jingle is. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Chris. That's lovely. Yeah. I really want someone to take it into GarageBand and do... And just like okay. do a, a remake of it, like yeah. a HD remake of oh, that. Oh, yeah. All right. Chastity, we'll start with you. Hi. Uh, I'm Chastity. Yes, I run GameSpot Universe, which is uh, the entertainment channel that we have, youtube.com slash GameSpot Universe. Please check it out. Um, and we do breakdowns for a lot of TV shows that are on, like American Horror Story and Castle Rock. And coming up, we have 
like Rick and Morty and Mandalorian. So I'm pretty stoked for that. Um, and I've been here for three years and uh, you might have seen me on some E3 streams or some uh, live streams, GameSpot Live, things like that. I'm kind of all over the place. Um, but as far as games, I always come back to my favorite game of all time is Street Fighter 2. I love that game very much. Um, I grew up on fighting games and I also love rhythm games, puzzle games, role playing games, action adventure, platformers, stealth games, puzzle games, all sorts of games. Um, yeah, my my goatee last year was Spider-Man. Um, before that, it was Mario Odyssey. Um, I recently I really loved Goose Game. Um, big fan of Persona 5, big fan of Pokemon. Uh, yeah, I love all sorts of things kind of all across the board. Yeah. Oh, uh, and Joey. Hello, uh, my name is Joey. I was a video producer here at GameSpot. Uh, I worked on a bunch of different stuff all over the place. Um, probably name some, you coward. Names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I worked on um, as for shooting and editing for uh, the show Audio Logs, which premiered earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of editing for Dirty Artie and also co-hosted a couple times. Uh, produced a documentary about the making of Cuphead, did a lot of Cuphead stuff, <laughs> um, a lot of Overwatch stuff, which I guess that can kind of segue into the games I actually do enjoy playing, which I would say it, it, it's somewhere along the lines of like very arcade style, very, like I, I, I tend to have a short attention span, so I don't do a lot of RPGs or very long games. And so a lot of it is just like, I can jump into a match of Overwatch, which I've done ev- pretty much every day <laughs> for the last three years. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of my games that I really do enjoy tend to be very short experiences, things that I can finish within a couple, maybe 10 or so hours, um, but also ones that like you know I can keep replaying over and over again. Like I really like Roguelites. Um, game I've been playing a lot recently is Downwell, mm. probably for the last year. Ever since it came out on Switch, and I realized I can you can turn the Switch sideways and play like that. Oh, that is very because Downwell is like a vertical shooter, basically. Um, do we have time for a story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. always. I, I, I always wanted to tell this uh, Downwell story. Because I don't know if anyone else aside from Michael Hyam knows about it. And because, okay, to preface this, we were on a trip to Chicago um, to see Mortal Kombat 11, which, great game. Mm. On our way back, we got on the plane and we sat all the way in the back of the plane, which was, I think, about the second to last row. We sat down. I started playing down well. Last about, that game is really low power consuming, so it can last for about five hours, which was basically the whole flight. I start playing it, and as we start taking off, I hear the two people behind me just talking to each other. They had they had never met each other before. They started talking, and I realized about an hour into the flight, they have not stopped talking, and they're just c- continuously sharing everything to each other about like their life. Their, I think one the woman had a kid. Oh, so it was a woman and a man. The woman had a kid. She was talking about like her job. P- apparently, she's like an architect of some sort, or like she does stuff for like floor management. And things like that, and she just—they just kept going on and on, and the entire time, I about halfway through, I turned off the sound just to hear them. Mm. Not not to say I was like eavesdropping; I knew every bit of their conversation, but I could tell that they were really like connecting, which was like really awesome to see, or at least hear. I think Michael was asleep at this point. <laughs> it was like 11 p.m., um, but I realized that the we had begun to land, and they had not stopped the entire time. They were just continuously talking having a great time. And I was so happy for them just being in front of it, just yeah. listening to all that. And so when we get off or wh- right when we land, there's a lady sitting next to them on the other, on the opposite side of the, of the row who then as she, as they get up, she says, thank you so much for ruining my flight. Oh. I couldn't sleep a wink. And she, and she was like, I, we can't swear on this. Can we? Uh, no, no F. Okay. Well, she said F. 
like several <laughs> times during them. She was like extremely pissed. But what? What a bitch. Why wouldn't you just say, hi, excuse me, I'm trying to sleep. Would you mind keeping mm. it down? I, I don't understand people who complain about things after the fact if they haven't tried to, yeah. like... Resolve the, in yeah. the moment, yeah. That yeah. sucks, because that I think sounds she, like such uh, a wholesome connection. It was wholesome, and I was like, this is... I don't know, this, it was just so, like, kind of unreal, the fact that this was happening, and then right afterwards there was this lady just extremely pissed about them, but, like... Oh, actually, the kicker to all of this, mm. as they were like kind of going back and forth, they, they like the woman who had been talking to the guy was like just whatever about it. And then she said, Go back to reading your Nazi book. What? And I, I, I was like, Whoa. So I glanced back at it, and the old lady was had, had like a big hardcover book with a big swastika on it. Oh just reading a copy of Mein Kampf. <laughs> and I was like, she, And she said, It's not a Nazi book, it's about my country's history. Oh, <laughs> oh she read. Hitler in the third? I have no idea what it was. Trial. But it was like trial? something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, and like as as they got off the plane, they were like, you know, that whole that that kind of attitude you have towards a person where you're just like, whatever, like, go ahead, you know, you can go first. No. It was yeah. Oh, How do we get her from Downwell? <laughs> because I was playing oh, I was playing it the whole time. So it's a game for that it's kind of like a podcast game and that you can be connected to it mechanically, but you don't necessarily mentally have to be completely into it. Uh, that I book would... is written by Thomas Child. It's not sure. What? Yeah. Are you looking up the book that she was holding? <laughs> no, yeah. So a few years ago, oh God, we've really right? derailed. Sorry. We've derailed we, we have gone real. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry for the story time, but I, I needed to get that out of my system because no one has heard it except for Michael, who probably was asleep. Who's that <laughs> uh, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich by uh, William Shira. Shira. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, like if you're interested in your history. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Downwell. So I know we go on tangents sometimes, but I didn't expect the Third no. Reich to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Jake is never going to let me host again. <laughs> uh, okay, so what, uh, guys, what we've been playing and watching. Tam, I'm going to start with you. Um, playing, I think we discussed Death Stranding last week. Um, boy, howdy, did we. Yeah, boy, howdy, did we. Um, but I've written this down as Death Stranding equals Bloodborne. I um, did see that in the notes, and for, I was like, "For a reason." What? I'm very excited to to learn. This is what basically this means. like what kind of math so, is this? <laughs> solve X for uh, Sam Porter Bridges. You have one Bloodborne moving at <laughs> 60 miles per hour. Oh god. <laughs> um, so like I've been playing a lot of um, Death Stranding, and that game forces you to play at a very specific pace, where it's like we discuss meditative and contemplative. Mm-hmm. And I found myself like absorbing the surroundings way more than I had in any other game for a really long time. Like I was listening to sounds more. I was paying attention to the smaller details more. And that kind of inspired me to like go back to other games that I love and try and figure out or like take play through them with a with closer attention, like a fine tooth comb almost. Um, and I'm also currently looking, not looking, but like I'm bouncing between comfort games, mm-hmm. stuff that I don't have to think too much about and I can just kind of lose myself in and know what I'm doing without having, you know, being surprised. So I fired up Bloodborne again and like I I'm said this before, like I'm always in a state of playing Bloodborne at some point or another. Um, but this time I'm like playing it and just walking. Like I've impressed a a restriction where i can't run in the game so i'm just step by step walking through every part of that game and it's been like 
an enlightening and eye-opening experience like i mentioned to this to this to this to you the other day while we were chatting but like for the first time ever i realized that the hunter if you do act run which the first time i started running when you stop you can hear him like or her take a deep breath and like i've played that game for maybe four five six hundred hours many times over and i never knew that was the case maybe it's a case of just having like headphones on but like i you can hear that small detail and i was like wow i never knew that and it made me appreciate the game a little more and also like yarnum is such a such a like a, a distinct place that it really if you play the game at the pace it should be played you don't really understand how well finely crafted it is and when you slow it down and like just step by step walk through it there's moments that are truly like transcendent and mm. like just walking by and hearing the flickering of like a bonfire or just the distant moan of someone trapped behind a, their own like someone who's hidden away in their own house because they fear the the hunt or or the the beasts or whatever it may be and it's been really really fascinating to do that um sometimes like i've had to go into an area and clear the area so what i'm doing is like killing the enemies and then going back to the start of that area and then just walking through and every time i do it i find a new detail some something to or, or just something that i knew was there but appreciate on a deeper level um and like it's been very very like therapeutic in a lot of ways um i love that game and it just keeps giving me more and that's one of those games and it's one of those things that i kind of want to do for a lot of games now i want to see what's what Sekiro is like or I want to go back through various other games like The Witcher and, and maybe even Skyrim and stuff like that and just walk through and take it at a pace that's more like uh, investigative and opening myself up, um, opening myself up specifically to the world and not the mechanics and the characters and that kind of stuff, just the world and see what it's like. Have you ever done uh, like no fast travel sort of uh, limitations on yourself when you on, played a game? In Bloodborne is like, um, I have done that in I mean, it's basically a necessity in Bloodborne because you you can't fast travel anywhere but to the Hunter's Dream, basically. Right, right? yeah. Um, but I, I haven't done that with, like, many other open-world games because that's the thing, right? Like, you play an open-world game in the way that it's designed to be played, and often that means fast-traveling. When you're just in the, in the moment of playing the game for the first time, you fast-travel just to get stuff done. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I thought of that because you mentioned, um, like, Skyrim, and I played... Uh, oblivion that way hmm. where i would um because in that game like you can fast travel to any town in that game like right from the start mm. and so it, it kind of disincentivizes like actually walking in between each town mm. and it's really easy to miss a lot of that game where if you actually are like i'm gonna walk from coral all the way to anvil and you actually see like the the forest change and like the leaves change colors and and all these little um structures that were like hidden away that you don't get to see like there you have i had such a greater appreciation for that game when i i limited myself to never fast traveling and and always like actually walking the path like to each town um so yeah like you talking about bloodborne kind of reminded me of when i played that game that way where like i just got to like appreciate the music and like the uh like the the peaceful like nature walking mm. aspects of of an Elder Scrolls game that I think like is um 
I don't know, something not many people talk about when they talk about, like, Elder Scrolls. Like, there, there's something so, like, serene about just, like, walking around in an Elder Scrolls game. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, Andy Kelly? I'm not sure who works for PC yeah. Gamer. Yeah, PC Gamer. He um, definitely used to have a series. I'm not sure if he still does it. But he had a series called um, Other, Places. Other Places, which is basically he just uh, he plays PC versions of games and then he kind of um, unhooks the camera from its usual positions and kind of no clips through things. Um, to find really cool, more like vignettes. And what he does is he kind of removes all the HUD, doesn't fight anything. Re- technically, like, removes if it's a first person, especially like removes the character. Um, and you just kind of enjoy the world of the game. And he usually pairs it with like, a really nice, serene piece of music from the soundtrack. Bioshock Infinite one is my favorite because it uses Ooh. the, um, you know, when you first arrive in Colombia and it uses that really beautiful uh, string piece of music i think it's called lighter than air um and he just does and it does that and it's just really really nice videos and i think there are elder scrolls ones i think he's done one for skyrim yeah but it's just a very it's it's really cool to sort of engage en- hashtag engage with hashtag content engage with games <laughs> in a different in a very different way yeah like it, it seems like something you could just kind of put on in the background like do these yeah. videos last for like an hour or something no uh five to ten minutes yeah, oh, i was gonna short. say like it could be kind of like a, a wallpaper type thing where just mm. you let the um like the environment just play out like um oh, what are they called uh cinemagrams or something where it's essentially a gif but they take it from movies or something. So I remember, I think I remember seeing one of um, Deckard from Blade Runner and, you know, he's in the rain or something. And he is a character st- standing still, completely still, but the rain is moving around. And it just him. keeps looping, right? Yeah. And if you put that on a loop and then put something like Rainy Mood on in the background, yeah. that'd be sick. I, did, I think there's we'll some like Skyrim, like mm-hmm. uh, soundtracks that are like 10 hours long. And, and it, it, it's, yeah, it's just like that one shot for 10 hours and you're seeing the sun rise and set. Mm. Low fire hip hop. Beats to work and play video games too. Yeah. <laughs> to kill beasts too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chastity, what have you been watching slash playing? Uh, I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, I saw Terminator Dark Fate last week. I saw Doctor Sleep this week. Uh, but I really want to plug Jojo Rabbit because I feel like everyone should watch Jojo Rabbit. Is it out? It's it's out in limited cities. Like ah. they, they rolled it out to New York and uh, LA first, but it's in San Francisco. Perfect. So you can okay. see it I'm gonna here. Go see yeah. It. So uh, check Taika Waititi's Twitter. He has like a tweet with all the dates. It's like being rolled out in a really weird way and like doesn't come to international till like 2020, but US oh. gets it first this year. Uh, but it's it's excellent. It's one of my top three movies of the year already. Oh, awesome. So I, I love it. Does he sound like Korg at any point? Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't not hear Korg when, yeah. when you hear his voice, but it's, movie. yeah, I just didn't expect it to me- make me feel so emotional. Like, mm. I just, I loved it. And you have to love Taika in order to oh, love yeah. that movie, but his humor is all over it. But it's, yeah, it's it's heartwarming, it's emotional, and it's extremely funny. I really want to see that. Yeah. It's very good. Like, are there any movies that you can kind of equated to in terms of, like, I guess not just, like, the, the World War II aspect, but, like, right. the humor and everything? Um. It's it's fairly Wes Anderson in a way, um, especially in, like just in visual style as well. But it's it's extremely Taika Waititi. Um, I I can't really compare it to anything because it's so different from what I've seen before. It's that's why it stands out. That's why it's so unique to me. Um, it's because it's it's very funny, but it's also just there's there's drama there, and it's it's still a war story at the heart of it. Um, mm. And there's just so much going on, but like the the performances are incredible. Sam Rockwell is very funny in this. Uh, even Scarlett Johansson's pretty good in this. But the two young actors, uh, the two young boys in this, are exceptional. They're very good. 
What did you make of Doctor Sleep? We talked about it briefly. Yeah, I, I heard that you guys were uh, talking about it on the mm-hmm. previous podcast. So I thought that Doctor Sleep was was good, but it was never going to be as good as The Shining, and right. that's what is keeping it uh, from being seen as you know a great film uh, because like it's just it's living in the shadow of The Shining, and it's just kind of detached from it. And I feel like it would have been better if it was two characters that were not directly t- attached to The Shining. Um, but, you know, there's uh, Ewan McGregor plays plays Dan Torrance, and I feel like I wish he was someone else because the, oh, really? the other... Yeah, the other character, Abra, is just so intriguing. She's very powerful, and, and like, I wanted to know more about her. Um, but, yeah, it, it was it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I just feel like it was always going to live in the shadow of The Shining, and it, that's mm. just to its detriment. Like, it's it's still definitely watchable and I would recommend it yeah I mean to be honest I, I know I said when we were talking about it earlier I was like it's uh, I mean the book of Dr. Sleep is not certainly not my favorite Stephen King um however I do have a lot of faith in Mike Flanagan because of what he's done with Gerald's Game um Hill House and Hill House mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know so it's weird because you always think that no one can ever compare and no one can do what Kubrick did right? right but then even when I watched Ready, Ready Player One when was that Two, Two years, years ago? ago. Yeah. Uh, they added that sequence from The Shining into a kid's movie, by the way. <laughs> that was unexpected. Wait, which sequence? I have not seen Ready Player there, One. There is so, a Shining sequence in that movie. They what? fully changed one of the egg. Is it the egg? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They fully changed the, one of the whole egg sequences to basically going through the Overlook Hotel. They uh, did. It's wild. It's the ballroom mm. scene with the, the ballroom dogs. scene. Did not see that coming. Uh, and it's so, done really well. yeah, it was done really well. And uh, that's what surprised me. I mean, I thought Ready Player One was fine. I think they made a lot of smart changes to the movie compared to the book. Um, but even when the the music started playing, I was like, oh, damn, I'm getting, getting the feels here. <laughs> and so that's part of the reason why I want to go see Doctor Sleep, uh, despite not enjoying the book as much, is because I want to, something to invoke those feelings of whenever right. I watch The Shining. Because I actually work to the Shining soundtrack quite a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, if you are like me and you get scared very easily, uh, this was not a scary movie. Yeah. So you can go in it, yeah. <laughs> and know that you're not going to be terrified. It's kind of why I equated it to sort of Twilight-y. It's, yeah. It's, it the, does, I mean, the book itself, I would I would kind of categorize as a bit camp and right. very like. It doesn't feel Ooh, like a spooky se- vampire. <laughs> right? It doesn't feel like a sequel to The Shining. It Count feels chocula. like... Yeah, it feels like... <laughs> It Fun. feels like someone like went home. And was like I loved that movie. I'm gonna write more. What if he was a grown up? And but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's isn't that how all Disney sequels end up? Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah, either that or their child story of that. Mm. Mm. Pretty yeah. much. And Terminator Two. Well, not Terminator, Terminator Two. Three. The best movie. The best Terminator movie <laughs> since Terminator Two. It's Terminator Three. Terminator part Three four? all over again. Terminator <laughs> Three Part. Like how many times have they tried to do Terminator? It shits 3? on all of the other Terminator movies that didn't have James Cameron involved. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Just like you don't matter, because yeah. I, I saw it too, and I was like, "This is a Fast and Furious movie." It is. It is. That's definitely. It's a popcorn movie. It's mm-hmm. a popcorn action flick, and I, for that aspect, I really enjoyed it. Um, there are parts of it that I really liked, and yeah, one of them was the action. I really liked Grace. I really liked yeah. Mackenzie Davis in that. I just was just so drawn to her. Like even like from the first scene she was in. I heard she's the best part of the. movie. She is the she best is part of the movie. I just like, wanted her to save me. Like she is wonderful. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I also walked out knowing what people would complain about uh, and I'm not going to spoil that here, but yeah, it's, it's still like, I mean, it's not a high bar cause I tweeted, yeah, you know, it's, it probably is the best 
um, in the series since T2, because that's not a high bar. We're talking about T3, Rise of the Machines. We're talking about Terminator Genesis. We're talking about Terminator Salvation. Those are not good films. Like, that's a really easy thing to say, because people will reply to my tweet, and they're like, oh, you, you can't mean that. I'm like, I, Did you I watch can. Terminator it's, Genesis? it's really easy <laughs> for me to say that. I at least kind of like Salvation, because I felt like it was trying to do something different (laughs) where like every other terminator sequels like what if it was terminator 2 again right but all i can remember from terminator salvation is the the fit that christian bale threw behind the scenes about the lights about the lights i forgot that was for salvation Because was, was anton yelchin in salvation i think so that sounds right yeah taken too soon we yeah we discussed this the other day like um he threw that fit in an American accent. Really? Yeah. yeah he and did. he's British. Kind of. It was like, it was all over the place. He was like partially <laughs> was in character or still oh, like yeah. right after he cut. He's well, fairly thought, method. Yeah, so I, I think he was like kind of American, but it was, there were bits of British in there. There is someone in that movie American. called Moon Bloodgood. Yes. Oh, yeah. The most metal name I've yeah. ever heard. My favorite Harry Potter character. <laughs> 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 Wait, because Christian Bale, is he, he's Welsh? No, he's English. He's English, yeah. But Hang on. My man's English. Have you seen The Prestige? That's why... That is the least convincing English accent <laughs> I have so, ever heard. So he was doing but an he was English... Doing, he in, was doing Cockney. No, but like he's... We talked about this because he yeah. was he was in the trailer for the that Ferrari movie. Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, Ford yeah, Ferrari. and he's doing an English accent, but it sounds like he's doing an off, English though. accent, not just speaking like he would speak. No, yeah, it sounds off. It sounds really weird. It's mm-hmm. like a... Um, there's, it's got like an affectation to it. Which Do you think he's done so many American accents he can't remember? Oh, like Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman had to have uh, coaching because he's legitimately forgotten wow. what his actual Whoa. accent is. I really hope that doesn't happen to you too. Please Dude, my, don't. My it's accent, fading. Your accent is My fading. accent is all yeah, over. Yeah, was talking I about that. Yeah, it. it's like every now and then I hear Lucy say something. I was like... Didn't realize there was something you mm, said the other day, Tamar. There was something you said. I forget what it was. You Why said something. You, this is a betrayal. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we were all like, oh, it's happening. I, I said, um, <laughs> I, 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 without thinking about it, I said, oh, I've got some chips referring to crisps. Yeah, you did. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me? How are they? And everyone around me was like, oh. Just whipped really? their head around. Yeah. What? Mm. And I was like, oh, I got got. One of us. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think I've talked about this before, but I think it's because the British accent is very much, you know, the consonants are harder mm. um, and thus you have to put more effort in to, but when you're around British people, you put the effort in because everyone else around you is, right? But when you're in America, the accent for me is softer and it's easier, at least for my palate, to, for me to get my mouth around, so to speak. That's going to come back to me. <laughs> um... And yeah, being surrounded by Americans, you kind of—it's the the internal thing of wanting to fit in, yeah. and unfortunately, that means that your accent goes. Yeah, I spent <laughs> really quickly. I spent two weeks with you with you and Tamor yeah. on the Overwatch League stuff, and I felt like I started to pick up things from you too. <laughs> my boy, mate. <laughs> I heard it in my head, like, wait, why am I asking them a question like this or something like that? So, like, my accent is. I I actively think about what I'm saying. So when I'm speaking, I have to think about what I'm saying. Not I don't speak naturally because my default is East London, uh, an East London accent. So if I don't think about what I'm saying, it sounds less like an English accent because the East London like road road roadman language is basically it's like a version of slang that is 
people get upset about when they think about like going in hearing someone english speak it when they hear what how i would sound or how my friends and i would speak back home they're like what is this this is and sometimes if you go back to my early videos on GameSpot, you'll see a lot of the comments are like speak english you loser and yeah. it's because that's my now so i've i've had to train myself to have a non-east london accent and i there's certain things that i can't undo like water i don't say water i say water um and i think that's geordie geordie as well though i yeah. said water yeah and so like in like, in your head do you speak like when you when you repeat things to yourself yeah how do you sound i sound like uh east london the way i did when i grew up as a kid and because i came i was born in pakistan so english is my second language um and uh so when i was growing up i had to i didn't have like the baseline this is how you speak you know the queen's english or whatever it may be i had straight into east london i moved to east london mm -hmm. and i went to school in east london so mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a very specific way of speaking and That's then when, I, when yeah. I went like a little more outside of that circle people are like what language is this excuse me what is it yeah my <laughs> my dad immigrated from the philippines to here and he went directly to queens new york and now he sounds like a filipino man who is doing a robert de niro accent yeah. constantly <laughs> and that's so great. that's what my dad sounds like my dad sounds like filipino robert de niro and oh my god can we get him in yes my accent so i'm actually from the north of england and this is a fake accent uh, wow. yeah. because my my normal accent is really strong and it only comes out if i go home or if i talk to my mum uh on the phone uh and then one of my first jobs was i worked for a tv company and they were like Mm, you need to lose that accent mm. so i um yeah slowly over time yeah very true tried to fake accent squad <laughs> john luke what you been playing i've been playing luigi's mansion luigi luigi oh yeah uh, oh yeah yeah uh it's really good uh i it is so I never played the second one, Dark Moon, Dark Moon. but I always heard it was kind of whatever. People didn't like the that it was like multiple mansions and it was kind of more broken up. I imagine that was a limitation of it mm. being on the 3DS. Uh but as like someone who loves the original, this feels like the the ideal like sequel to that where every because it takes place in a hotel and every floor is its own unique thing so it's like okay now you're in like a movie studio now you're in a um a museum and now you're in like a some gift shops and and each so each floor feels like it has its own um rules that you're learning its own uh like kind of puzzles to it and and uh i think that makes it like really easily digestible where you're like i'm just gonna play a couple floors each night and have a really good time i'm playing at co-op with my girlfriend oh, nice. which is really fun it's kind of weird because it takes an hour before you can unlock the co-op right so i was just sitting there playing it and she's like i'm bored when's the co-op come in and i'm like <laughs> hopefully soon uh but that the co-op is really fun because she plays as guiji mm -hmm. who can um uh you have access to guiji when you play single player you just will like pull out guiji and then kind of swap between them when you want to solve puzzles so when you're playing co-op it actually creates this interesting thing where there are only certain puzzles and boss fights that she can do by herself because mm. they're designed for you to do as Guiji, but they don't really change it with co-op. So it's kind of weird where sometimes we'll be like, okay, I guess you're doing this boss fight and I'm just going to stand over here and watch. Uh, but it's 
I don't know, it's kind of unique and, and interesting where I feel like we both have like a lot to do. It doesn't feel, it feels like a, an in-between where it's not quite 100% co-op, but it, it feels more than just the other Nintendo stuff where it's like a like an assist mode mm -hmm. where it, like a like in Mario Galaxy where it's like you can the second Wiimote you can pick up the bits for me while I play the real game like you know that always felt kind of like oh you, she can do more than that yeah. so like this feels like a nice in between where it's like yes as Gooigi she can walk around the whole time and feel like we're actively <laughs> <laughs> sorry actively involved <laughs> in the game um and yeah, I mean, like, it's super charming. Uh, Lu Luigi is, I think Luigi's better than Mario. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I don't that. think anyone's going to argue. No you, one's here to argue that. like Mario over Luigi or a cop. Okay. Yeah, yes, that's fair. Agreed. I, I, like, Mario's just so boring and, and so, I don't know, he's, I can't relate to Mario. Nobody's rude nobody, to Luigi sometimes, yeah, to yeah. be honest. Nobody likes a straight man in any, in any story. Like, yeah. Lu Luigi, he's so expressive and he's always scared, but he, like, keeps pushing on anyway and i'm like yeah luigi like keep doing it like I'm just, i i can feel myself in luigi mm. i think we can all feel a little bit of ourselves in we're luigi. all a little bit luigi sometimes you know what i miss the year of luigi mm. yes it never every, that's it every never year ended. it never wow. ended. never ended god it was 2013 to 2014 can you believe that oh no i thought it was like 2017 <laughs> feels like yesterday Oh, actually, Gav Murphy did uh, an incredible video of um, yes. uh, a uh, in memoriam for the year of Luigi. <laughs> uh, I think it's on the old CBG or or um, o yep. o and M. O and M, I think it is. Uh, he did a very good um, video about uh, the year we laughed, loved, lost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lost, <laughs> lost. Uh, in the year of Luigi. All right, Joey, what you been playing? I have been playing nothing. What? <laughs> I think. Okay. Well, well. Okay. To I guess just to make it clear, like ever since I, I, I've been out of or been out of been away from GameSpot for the last six months or so. And I would say I will say that, like going from spending a lot of a lot, a lot of time playing games to not having to do much of that at all is very like it almost feels like I'm. I really had to pee for a very long time for three three years or so, mm. hmm. and now I finally letting it out. <laughs> what is that? And there's like there's <laughs> no, 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 no there's like this some there's like this sort of relief because like you know all of you guys have been games media probably longer than I have, mm. and to know that the work life balance of games is not as balanced as most people might think. Yeah, because you know we're spending eight hours in the office and then going home playing games that we really like but you're you're always constantly thinking about what you're going to be doing for work mm -hmm. mm. and like to now to i don't want to say be free of that because i don't think it's like you're being handcuffed by anything while you're working at a place like this but to not have to think about yeah. things like after the fact after you've played them after you've put them down it feels like like i said that relief of finally peeing no, I understand that. No, actually, uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, a few weeks ago uh, because, yeah, it's very strange because you kind of you approach games in a very different mindset, I think, mm. and when you kind of cover them for work. And so I used to review a couple things for this, uh, for this for GameSpot, and the last thing I reviewed was Persona 5. Nice. And I just went, yeah, it was great. I got the game a month early. I, I, I could play it at work and I could play it at home. And then at the end of the day, you're like, 
yeah, this is not how I would choose to play this game, really. Mm. I wouldn't sit for eight to ten hours a day just blasting through it because that's, mm. you know, that's you, you're not afforded the luxury of, you know, with embargoes and uh, games coming out and coverage mm -hmm. and stuff. You're not afforded the luxury of just taking your time with anything anymore. Yeah, I definitely spread that out over yeah. months. I played Persona 5 over the course of maybe four months, yeah. so I, I, I can't imagine, it. like, rushing it. Like well, I did it in two weeks, wow. roughly. Yeah, we played oh my God. I did the... God, I did all the guides and stuff, too. Yeah. And oh, I, man, like, yeah. that was when I was a video editor, too. So not... It was it was a write the theme tune, sing the theme tune kind of moment because write the review, capture all the footage of the review, edit the review write guides, capture footage for guides, edit the guides. And then by the end of it, I was like, I'm putting this down mm -hmm. and I will revisit this mm. game in a couple of years. It's like 130 hours to complete it as well, one yeah. time through, so. And especially in the first time when you are learning the game, learning the intricacies and, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not I don't mean to complain about it because honestly it's not, you know, it, like it's an incredibly, it's an incredible position to be in, right? You get a game early and you get to spend time with things that you love, but you you kind of spend time with things that you love in a very specific way. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say that like, I think Callie talked about it last week. She was like, yeah, having to rush through a game is the worst thing. And that's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, like I, I think the last game that I properly played was Link's Awakening. And at one point I set it down and I realized if I don't want to, I don't need to pick this back up. Mm. Yeah. And that felt like kind of freeing in mm. a way because I, I hadn't really done that before. <laughs> like I've always had to like, okay, go revisit a game. Oh, I, I, there's this one part I need to see if this works and capture it for you know a, a feature or something like that. And it feels kind of like, it makes you kind of float mm. a little bit. I reviewed Kingdom Hearts 3 and Sekiro back to back. Wow. Oh Oof. yeah, and that's right. Those were like, <laughs> That is pretty much encapsulates that feeling of not what can happen to you when you are playing a game on a deadline because those are two games that those are that Kingdom Hearts as a franchise is one that I really really love and from software's games are basically like my jam but like even I was playing through those and there were moments when I caught myself being like I hate that I'm doing this and there were mo I took the Sekiro review on kind of begrudgingly knowing that it was going to be an uphill climb i had basically i had two days to complete it um so i woke up i ba there was a time i didn't sleep i played all night um just to get through it and i remember thinking like i hate that i'm doing this i wish i could just enjoy this at my own pace um and it is that moment and like that that feeling that you have i don't know it might be the same for you guys but like the closest i get to or the, i get that feeling at the end of the year the Christmas break. Yeah. Mm. Like when you play a game, when I play a game or watch a movie or watch a TV series, I think that's in the time of the year when I most enjoy it. Because um, I remember watching Game of Thrones for the first time during that period. And I absolutely loved it. And I save as much as I can for that end of the year period. Um, but I understand what you're saying with like that. I understand what, you, what you're saying when you say you enjoy peeing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was... It was it was Puff Daddy or what is he called? Not just Diddy. He's called just Diddy. Now, He's had yeah. many names. He had. Or he I think there was like a quote a long time ago where he said like the feeling of peeing is better than sex. <laughs> why? Which I think that's why he changed huh. his name from P, P Daddy Diddy. to just Diddy because people just call him P E E. This is Diddy. see. This is what I say all the time. If people were more honest, they'd admit that the most satisfying thing that they 
can do in life is take a good dump. <laughs> How did we get here? Anyway, Lucy, what have you been watching? <laughs> I've waited three weeks to say this. Who watches The Watchmen? <sighs> you, do. you do. It's me. It's no. you. Oh, God, I hated it. I'm also uh, watching uh, it. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I will say that I don't hate the show. I freaking love the show. Um, I think, like many people, quite a lot of trepidation when they announced that they were making a TV show of Watchmen. I am one of those people who enjoyed the movie. Uh, I think the change from Vagina Monster was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the Watchmen movie. Uh, obviously, the comic is one of the one of the greatest of yes, all time. Definitely. Uh, Lindelof, I'm a lost apologist too. Uh, and also the soundtrack is done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ooh. Ross. So this show was made for me. And I... Saw the reviews for the first episode and, you know, people were raving about it. And honestly, the first episode for me was, a, I felt like I trudged through that episode. It was a chore for me. It, it took me three yeah. times to watch the entire episode. Because it's it's law, it's world building. It's, um, it also, I mean, I haven't read Watchmen for a good few years. If my friend Phil is listening, he still has my copy. I would like it back. Um, but I haven't read it for a few years and that show... Like it tests you on your Watchmen knowledge from the very get go, and it's like not even just parallels with how it frames shots and how they are framed within the comic. Or there are some little things I remember. I don't remember the specifics of it, but there's a bit in the comic where someone throws something in a bin, and then like thirty pages later, uh, Rorschach takes it out. There's one of those in the first episode where it's a very small thing, and then it gets picked up again at the end. And I was like, okay, that's very good. That's very mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um. But by the second episode where more things have been established and you kind of know where you sit more so with the characters, that's when I was like, oh, God, yeah, this is this is me now. This is it. I'm in. Uh, also, the soundtrack. It's very good. Oh, soundtrack is very good. God. Yeah, the show didn't grab me until episode three, but I think I was just looking for old Watchmen stuff. And I was just like, I uh, want, yeah. I just want. That's your episode three. I just want old Watchmen stuff. And it finally came in episode three. And I thought uh, Jean Smart did an incredible job as Laurie. Yes. Um, yeah, so we. It's it's not a spoiler. She's in the show. I won't mm-hmm. say anymore. But that's the. I feel like that's the episode that if you're you've been waiting for old Watchmen stuff, then you're finally gonna get hooked. Yeah. Mm. Um, Is it based on any particular Watchmen? It's like comic. comic? It's the it takes comic. from the original. Yeah, it's graphic the comic novel. universe. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's not universe. it's not a retelling of the original. No, movie. no, no right. it's no. like thirty years later. Oh, now. okay, yeah. interesting. It's um, got very lost vibes in it, like yeah. the central mystery it sets up with a certain character in a wheelchair it's it's like discovering the hatch isn't it and like being obsessed in the same way you would with lost and being like what's going on how is this going on it's classic like lindelof behavior Mm um and the soundtrack is finally on spotify or at least the first part of it is and it's so good Mm. um but if you enjoy Watchmen, if you i mean Honestly, when Game of Thrones was ending, HBO did this promo that was basically desperately asking people <laughs> every show do yes. not don't go anywhere your please. subscription. And honestly, since Game of Thrones ended, uh, Barry was aired at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then there was Euphoria, Chernobyl, uh, and now we've Succession. got Watchmen, Succession season two, um, and also His Dark Materials. Is His Dark Materials. So I did watch. I haven't that. watched it yet. I never read it. And 
I, I, I don't know. I never read yeah. it. I watched the terrible 2006 or seven movie with Nicole Kidman, Golden Compass. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, this was, was mm-hmm. this was super. <sighs> I was watching it. I was like, "Is this what Americans think English people are like?" It was kind of that, just like really on the nose British stuff. And I don't know if that's because of the book or not, but it was like. Is Lin Manuel Miranda in that? He is, but not yet. Okay. Uh, James McAvoy is chewing up some scenery. Okay. But Daphne <laughs> Keene from Logan is in it and she's oh. great. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda, I watched him. I watched Mary Poppins uh, oh. on the flight to America. <laughs> Why? Nice. I was just like, I'm going to get fitting. <laughs> and that film is not good. I was just mm. like, this is not fun. Like, like it has zero charm. Mm. I just watched the, uh, or I think I've only seen the the animated portion of that, and that mm. was that was good. Yeah, but that's probably the only I've good no, part I, of it. Lindsay Ellis does a really good. It's not about Mary Poppins, but she does it uh, a a great video essay and a takedown of why the modern uh, live action Disney's are kind of soulless. Oh yeah, I saw mm. that. That was and really good. It's really it's so good. good. Mm. Um, all right, that's what we've been watching and playing. Uh, let's talk about news so we have three three news topics today but we've been kind of gone on a little bit so let's kind of let's Condense. talk about terry and smash first just because of the tweet that came out or the little clip of the video that came out today which uh sakurai is looking out for everyone and yeah. there's a reason that which, which <laughs> character is it shiranui mai shiranui mai is not going to be in smash because she is a kunoichi um ninja and uh, she's got a very specific way of moving in her fighting games. She's also very provocatively dressed. Um, yes. Sakura yeah. says, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is for good boys and girls <laughs> of many different ages. That's, that's verbatim? So we yeah. decided not to feature her. Please forgive us. Sorry, Mai. People, you have Bayonetta yeah. in that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Mai's on a different level, though. Like, there's... Yeah. An, Oh, no, I mean, they give her a different outfit. Yeah, Bayonetta okay. is wearing an outfit made of her own hair. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess like um, also like they just add to the outfit. Eh. I guess I you don't like it. I mean, oh, but also Anne from Persona Five, like she's wearing a skin tight cat suit. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. Fair. It is. It is weird that they would make an exception for her. Also, she's like a, a really iconic character in that game, and they could easily put her in the background. Like, just in the same way. Yeah, just yeah. put her in the background. I mean, that's what they did with all the other characters, but... No, Sakurai's you know, Sakura too wholesome. Sakurai's too wholesome. Slight too tangent. Wholesome. I love, love those directs now. Yeah. I look forward to them so much, because mm. there's something about Sakurai just sitting at a desk, just talking to the camera everyone in the background is laughing at his jokes like it's so wholesome Mm. and i'm like i want every game developer to do presentations like this because it's it's just so wholesome it's so funny because that's also probably the least expensive way of making any of these he even makes that joke like the first time they did it they're like yeah they didn't give us much of a budget this time (laughs) so i'm just gonna sit here and play the game the interesting thing is love this the interesting thing is like it's it's also like addressing those discussions that people had or that of Sakurai being just like kept in a dungeon and forced to make Smash <laughs> yeah. Bros. Here he is. People were like, don't worry. No, his, people, his dungeon has windows. Yeah, don't worry about it. There was it. a period where people were like, set Sakurai free. Let He's him clearly out. sick. Let him out. Like, stop punishing him and making him make these games. And it turns out he's having a great time. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we're going to talk about incredible Nintendo videos, Please, I implore you, if you have never seen the Tomodachi Life yeah. Nintendo Direct. Well, that's it a good one. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Reggie oh emerging my from God. the sea. 
the the one where they keep asking Mr. Iwata to talk about Tomodachi life and his character is just like trying on costumes or he goes and has a bath and he's just singing in the bathtub. Um, and also Mario being in love with um, Zelda. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway. Is it better than the puppet one? Yes. I, I, w- so. I would argue oh, really? that it yeah. is better than the yeah. puppet okay. one. Yeah. Uh, just because it's it's peak weird Nintendo. Yeah. When they really had it. But Terry is in Smash. is available today. Terry's in Smash. Yeah. Uh, He's yep. a good character. Enjoy. I'm unfamiliar with well, Terry. Kirby Terry. dressed as Terry is excellent oh, with the hat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's my so, new slacker. So icon. adorable. <laughs> and you were pointing out this earlier. He wears, or Kirby. Don't want to give Kirby an agenda there. Kirby wears a uh, pair of fingerless gloves and has no fingers. Yep. <laughs> Which is <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like a nub. It's wild. <laughs> I love it. All right. Overwatch fans, it's time <laughs> right. to derail. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get getting Joey on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah so this is perfect. Was it two years ago? God, it was almost, yeah. What it did was we do? 2017. Uh, oh. Joey, Tam, uh, Richard, uh, Lee, and I went to LA for two weeks and we made a five part documentary. Uh, in possibly like the most stressful yet best oh, thing I think we've yeah, ever made. The most think, fun I've had, but the I strongest that, PTSD. Wasn't that last year? Was that 2018? <gasps> no, because I was here. It was last year. It was May No, I think of it was, last year. I think it was last May year. May of 2018. Yeah. Because really? last yeah. year was the first season of Overwatch League. This year... They oh just God. finished the second it season. It feels longer. It feels what? like it's oh five years ago at this point. It feels like it was five years ago. Yeah, yeah, I would have guessed three years ago. Oh, no, that's right, because I was basically in America for six weeks, and then I was in England for about a month and a half, and then I mm. moved. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the folks what it's called. It's called Building Overwatch League. It's a mini- it's a small series that Check we did on Games, so please watch five it. Parts. Check it out. Five parts. It's very good. Brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It was brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Delicious. We were allowed to make it. Um, but we all kind of bonded. Richard, not so much. Richard doesn't play Overwatch. The rest of us bonded because we were in an Airbnb, the three of us, uh, over how much we love Overwatch. And wow. it was incredible because we got to interview Jeff Kaplan, Papa Kaplan. We got like some unprecedented access we to the Overwatch League arena. Insane we were access. on that stage. Yeah. Overwatch League stage and someone was like, do not touch the buttons. Anyway, so BlizzCon was last weekend. Uh, now we can talk about the announcements. I mean, everything leaked anyway. Um, let's start with Overwatch 2. Joey? We'll start with that? Or do you want to start with Diablo? Let's start with Diablo. Let's go in order of when they were actually shown, mm. I guess. So was it Hearthstone? I think it was, it was Diablo first. Diablo first. Oh, it was Diablo yeah. first. Because they obviously wanted to go out or start off with a bang because of last year well they started with the what did you they, call it the the bow apology yeah the deep bow apology which wasn't yeah. that deep yeah it no, was um, it it's was. worth addressing that because like they they went into blizzcon with a clear issue they needed to address and um, which was the treatment of you know um blaze chung and mm-hmm. and the the policies in hindsight or not in hindsight in, in in the moment for you know the protests and people voicing their support for the um the movement in hong kong and jay allen brack the ceo of um blizzard got on stage and gave a statement um that particular statement was very non-specific and wasn't very strong it was admittedly in line with blizzard's kind of 
he evoked the values of Blizzard, but didn't actually explore what it was doing to ensure that those values are now enshrined once again, having been compromised for a lot of people. So it was a very like towing the line on the fence kind of apology, um, which is a, sh- a big shame. I I will say that in the interviews since then, there's been a little more of a mea culpa. I wouldn't say it's still enough, but like Alessandro did an interview for us with JLM Brack, and that's up on site. And he's more direct in saying that they screwed up. And he's more direct in also pointing out that this wasn't just their screw up, but it was the way they work with partners. Because um, he, he highlighted NetEase as the company who effectively took took the action um, and then said, we need to be better about making sure that the people we work with are also abiding by our ethos and our, and kind of said that, you know, the, the, com- the people at the company were in their, were well within their rights to voice their disapproval of the way Blessed handled it. Handled it. So in the moment, perhaps not a good um, kind of apology for what happened, but an affirmation that they're paying attention. Now, companies and executives say this around the clock whenever they make a mistake. So yeah. the only real indication of whether it is going to, is it, whether it is valuable is going to be whether they take active measures to and, and do the right thing to kind of address those going forward. Um, so we'll see. We'll just have to watch that. So that's what they really started with. Mm. Um, and we have videos up, not to plug our stuff, but to, sh- to say that we also spoke to the protests leaders and people at the protest to ensure that we got both sides of the the kind of um not argument but like the uh the event and the controversy and um we wanted to show them as much of that as possible mm-hmm. here here yeah uh so then diablo which really should have been announced last year mm. yeah yeah, yeah. It, i mean they didn't even i think i said this at the time uh last year's blizzcon it was like you didn't need to show anything beyond a logo and that would have been the note that the presentation ended on rather than people being annoyed about the mobile game. Um, not to like shit on the mobile game because people work on it. I'm sure it's, you know, like they're going to be working on it to make sure it's fun and I'm actually probably going to play it, you know, mm. Diablo on your phone. Um, but yeah, they should have just shown a logo. I but- saw a lot of people saying how all the announcements this year were like, them trying to get ahead of the controversy but i mean according to shreya tweeted that like no they were always going to announce this yeah, well, yeah. this year that's I not mean, how game development works it, it, not only that that's not how like you know when you do a, a huge event like that there's so much work that goes beforehand it's like they couldn't pivot all this stuff in yeah, like I'm pretty sure they weeks. were like, like like halfway through the the cinematic for diablo 4 when this all came out exactly like i think it's pretty obvious that all this stuff this year was more, if anything, more of an apology for last year, yeah. like you were saying. Like, them being like, okay, we kind of messed up with last year. We should really try and put our all into this year and then... Because it's kind of like you need a fallow year every so often when you're a company like Blizzard. It Like, sure, E3s, you get kind of like years where you kind of get a sort of a softer presentation from like an e- from like a microsoft or a sony Mm. but then you'll have a year like 2015 which is insane and it's because everything's kind of all come together at the same time but when you are a publisher like a developer like blizzard you can't necessarily have as many projects on the go you can't get third parties in to kind of fluff up your lineup you are basically beholden to what the company is working on um diablo 
I am not a huge Diablo person. Like, I played through 3 on 360. I played it through on PS4. Mm-hmm. I have it on Switch. I'm halfway through. But it's never grabbed me to the extent that I'm constantly playing it. I never played, uh, is it adventure? Mm-hmm. Action yeah. RPGs? Yeah. Uh, no, as in, like, I enjoy, I enjoy the game, but, like, I, I never just, I just never fell deeply into it. Mm. Um, that opening trailer was hot. Was the really the good, woman yeah. with all that skin. Damn. Lilith. Well, I was thinking about the no. blood triangle. Yeah. So that's, I love that, that I th- part. I mean, were you about to say something there, Trust? No, okay. Um, well, that's, that's the main thing that people are taking away from this, right? Like, Diablo. Look at that woman's skin. <laughs> the, the skin. <laughs> um, and, like, the Diablo that people know and love isn't a lot of what Diablo 3 was. Diablo 3 was almost a lighter experience. Diablo, up until that point, is like cults and demons and really, really dark stuff. Um, And I think that's what a lot of people were really upset about Diablo 3 with. It was a little more of a lighter take on it. It was a little more almost welcoming. It was like Pixar presents Diablo. (laughs) Um, I remember all the controversies about rainbows in that game. Yeah. I I remember that. Exactly. I mean, that was... That was a dumb controversy. Because it was. It was, also it was absolutely. Fun, but like, it was this, one about rainbows. Yeah, because there's like a. I think there was can, like a screenshot or something when the early previews had like a rainbow in it, and because because the original two Diablos are like Dark. muted, Very, yeah. like almost no color except for yeah. red. And rainbows so this, are like, naturally occurring in nature, though. Rainbows. I did see. I don't remember who it was, but there was an article for Diablo Four that was like not a rainbow in sight. And I'm, <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, wow, someone someone remembered that. <laughs> But like this, this is I think a lot of the response and the excitement around it is this aesthetic return to to what Diablo used to be, and I, that's what I remember about Diablo, like playing it and feeling grimy, feeling like oppressive, yeah, oppressive, and feeling uneasy, and that's Ooh. kind of what, and and like for someone like you, for example, like who only who Captain has, Casual, yeah, I mean, I was gonna say with regards to Diablo, yeah, I was gonna say only played three, but I'm assuming yeah. you've only played three, yeah. But like, but I know the stuff that you like, like, and same with you, Chassis. As yeah, well, I've only right? played yeah. three as well. Um, crime. It's like crime, true crime, like Murder. weird, you know, occultish stuff to get into. I like, love occult. I'd love to see what you guys think of this one or yeah. even the older ones because it hits those points, right? Mm. Like, so I reckon you might enjoy that way more if it's good. If it's crap, no one's going to enjoy it. But we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so from the, from the grimy to the colorful. Of which two? I felt real bad for first of all Jeffrey Kaplan. Oh my god, he was angry. Jeffrey. Well, yeah. first of all, he is introduced as Jeffrey Kaplan. I yeah. d- don't know what's going on there. Like, what the, what's happening there? So like, he's never introduced himself, at least on a developer update. As what's up, guys? It's Jeffrey from the Overwatch team. Well, well, to be fair, there was a there was a a video with uh, Samos. Is that his name? Uh, Samos Samos FPS. I think his name is mm. an Overwatch League player. Um, uh, and uh, he was sitting at his desk playing. And then out of nowhere, like Kaplan appears and sits down next to him and puts on a headset. And he's like, oh, my God, it's Jeff. And he was like, hey, I'm Jeff. So he's still calling himself he's Jeff, yeah. himself not Jeff. Jeffrey. So he's he's on point. So Overwatch 2, despite all the leaks and stuff, right, it, it's very confusing to me. I don't want to use the phrase, why does this game exist? But like, if you're going to get... I don't know people who play Overwatch for PvE, right? I I never thought it was particularly good. Every time there is an event on, we'll typically play through uh, Archives once or um, Junkins. I mean, I can't play through Junkins Sign again, please. It's the same event. <laughs> <laughs> it's really um, and so 
I play Overwatch for PvP, as do 99% of their player base. And so it's very strange to me that they are positing Overwatch 2 when all of the things that people are going to be caring about for Overwatch 2, like changes to the engine, the HUD, the new heroes, the new maps, the new uh, game modes, are all going to be coming to Overwatch 1. So what is the incentive? Like, I am struggling to see the incentive to get Overwatch 2, especially if they confirmed how much it is. They haven't. Because if they do that as a full price product, I would... I, God, no. no, absolutely not. Um, I say absolutely not. I'll buy it. <laughs> Mark You're your gonna, words. I'll You're buy getting it. it. Day one. Because I'm sure there'll be some nice skins and cosmetics. Um, but yeah, I think it's all... They're all hinging it on the Overwatch lore and the Overwatch story, right? Which in... in in all fairness, that's what a lot of people, even yeah. though like mm -hmm. most people will play it for the PvP, you always hear people talking about when are we going to get more story? When are we going to get more? The Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe-esque mm. interconnected like, We want a story. TV show. We want a movie. So, we want, so that's kind of where I am, where I, like what first grabbed me with Overwatch was honestly like that original launch tra uh, reveal trailer mm. where it was like, it looked like a Pixar movie. and Punch I, Kid. I was just like, I'm into. <laughs> did, you, did you guys used to uh, the spray with him? Oh, yeah, oh, punch yeah. Kid. Punch yeah, kid. yeah, you you high five punch kid. Oh uh, yeah, me me and my friends would always like put all that sprays on and just yeah. spam it everywhere. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but uh, like I was gr I gravitated towards the characters in the world, and I was like, wow, like this looks great. And then I was uh, kind of disappointed when I found out it was a multiplayer only game. Um, but you know, I obviously still played it and loved it when it came out. But it, there was a point where I was like. I'm sort of over the multiplayer and mm. that's the thing that I need to draw me back into Overwatch. So at first I was really excited, but kind of hearing that it's like, it's not like a campaign. It's more like PVE modes Missions. with some cutscenes. I'm like, I don't know if that's really what I want to well, draw have, me in. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. They have hero specific stories that are a little more like, involved in the cinematic right um, i mean i'm interested in the way that um and i'm hoping those are of, good yeah you can sort of build characters now uh with essentially sort of semi skill trees it reminds me more of uh the mass effect 3 skill tree and that you can kind of go oh pick yeah. one yeah. one branch um it's and i was watching the gameplay that we have up on site and it's like tracer with a tourbillon turret that's cool i would love that um and in terms of i mean as someone who plays it a lot, gameplay improvements, I am so into that new HUD. I like. I just think it looks really fresh and clean. The new map Toronto looks great. I'm interested in Push. I don't know if it's going to be... I mean, it's just a payload map, but you can push the payload either way, right? Mm. Payload More control. Payload yeah, control. Yeah, payload control. Back and forth. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so, and, and also like uh, so Sojourn. Sojourn, yeah. Uh, Echo... Is yeah, yeah, Echo, Echo is not confirmed as playable. She's she's so, coming later on down the line. Yeah, Sojourn well, is going to be yeah. the next one. So Sojourn was like the announcer in a lot of the mm -hmm. content in the old Overwatch, and if she's actively in the game now, so they're going to need a new announcer. So oh, maybe a, it sounds like a an Omnic monk. Maybe because I was watching the gameplay and it yeah, was like, yeah. and I thought he was. So you know, on the payload, sometimes the payload will talk. Yeah. Um. Wait. What? On some maps, like on oh, Hollywood, like Hollywood, Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood, the guy's yeah. like, hey. I Where's my trailer? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, it sounded like, I think there's one map where there is an Omnic, I don't know if he's a monk or whatever, inside, and it mm. kind of sounds like him. 
I'd be interested. So I, I like Blizzard, I feel like Blizzard is stuck in between a rock and a hard place because, like Jean Luc was saying, and what Joey was saying, I remember the early days of Overwatch where every every interview with them was, "When are we getting the story mode? When are we getting cinematics? When are we getting this this?" And so, like, they've been clearly working on that to yeah. in, in to some response uh, to to some degree. Um, and now people are like, "But why? Yeah, why it, are you doing?" And what I, else I is honestly, there? I like more? I I hate myself for being this way. And I mean, no. honestly, like that new cinematic made me tear up at yeah. my desk. And when Genji comes out of nowhere, <laughs> and you, that's the first time I've been emotional hearing his uh, ultimate voice line. Of being like, <laughs> no, I've been I've been emotional hearing out. his uh, yeah. hearing his voice line before. Yeah, and um, also I was telling you this: it's like, it's like almost a, a remake of the uh, first uh, Smash from uh, My Hero Academia, where Deku oh, yeah. punches oh, the. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, it's it's very very <laughs> similar and i was like and joey's like yeah, yeah i'm just sure, nodding sure, sure. Yeah. there's a lot of similar energy um, between those two for yeah sure. exactly and like um yeah so so what i've seen i'm really open to it i, th- I feel like up until this point I, i'm with you where where the archives haven't been amazing like the the halloween events haven't been amazing they've kind of been this distraction for a little bit loot boxes but man. yeah exactly but if we come at it from the idea that this is them experimenting like figuring stuff out to see what they can put together and then putting that knowledge into the actual pve stuff for overwatch 2 there's potential there there's a lot of like interesting things that could happen in that scenario so i'm definitely open to it i like the idea of them saying infinitely replayable missions i want to see what they it's not going to be infinite i mean like pretty pretty i mean you can continue to play it for however you you can, yeah, yeah you can, technically, However you, you can replay any mission as many yeah, times. Yeah, but like, like. I, I'm talking about infinitely before it gets boring. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing I thought about is like every single character will have those missions, right? Yeah. And that's like 30 plus characters. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it? I thought it was just like the Overwatch. I, like, I think they're starting off with like the main with, squad. Yeah. 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 So, like, I imagine that each one will be, let's say each one's an hour long. That's, that's cool. Fair amount of time mm-hmm. to to go into there just going through each one of the characters once yeah and that's like before leveling up your character before like going on to i don't know whatever whatever else they have to offer because i still think that there's there's a lot more that we don't know about yet yeah. mm. i'm i'm ex- i mean like I'm, obviously yeah i mean we're gonna like, be excited about it we love overwatch but and we will buy anything with an overwatch logo on it so yeah i'm pretty excited about the pve stuff as Mm. someone who has less experience with shooters um overwatch was one of the first games that i got into Mm. um in terms of shooters because it was just very accessible for me um and i started playing shooters in 2016 so it's not that long ago Mm. and so i just felt like overwatch was very welcoming and like being able to play against the ai was very helpful as opposed to just getting killed every time uh, playing against people and it was a good way for me to just kind of catch up um so i'm really stoked about the pve stuff and i i love those really short missions but yeah they're probably like just testing that out for mm. what they have planned for overwatch 2 so i'm i'm stoked for all these hero missions and i love playing co-op with people um the no one played this game but uh, killing floor 2 i was the pl- game i was playing alongside of overwatch because i liked playing co-op because i would get so frustrated i'd get killed in overwatch I'm like i'm gonna go play with everyone in killing floor 2 because we just play together and we're just mm. fighting the zombies together mm. so i i love being able to just play co-op and team up with people because my skill set is so much lower and I've been playing for less years than my peers. Um, so I I think, th- I think this is for me. So I think I'm mm. pretty excited to play this. Yes. yes. Let's do it. Another one, <laughs> another one into the ranks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, fun, in. And final news story is uh, the Game of Thrones prequel got 
weekend, and then another one got greenlit. Literally <laughs> hours later. Yeah. In the same day. Phoenix from the Ashes. What was that original Ooh. prequel supposed to be? So the first one that got canceled was the Naomi Watts prequel series, and it had a code name. It was like something with a moon, right? Like mm. It was written by uh, Jane. Goldman, Gold, Goldman, Goldman, yeah. Goldman, Goldman, uh, Goldman. Uh, screenwriter for Kickass and Kickass, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Kingsman, X Men First Class. She definitely did yeah. mm-hmm. one of the Kingsman yeah. things. I think. Yeah, so that got canceled, uh, and then hours later, they were just like doing the HBO Max announcement where we found out what's coming to HBO Max, and then they said that a new Game of Thrones prequels is greenlit now, and it's called um, what was it? House of the Dragon. So it's supposedly about the Targaryens and uh, it's 300 years prior to the events of Game of Thrones and it will tell the story of House Targaryen. So, But I thought that's what the other one was. I think this So is that it. was my confusion. <laughs> so, I was like, wait, this sounds like what I thought this is ex- the same thing. I yeah, it's a little confusing. Are they allowed to do that? <laughs> I think this is why it happened. Because like, eventually two teams just probably looked at each other and went, your thing is our thing with different names. <laughs> it's a Spider-Man, <laughs> the Spider-Man meme. Yeah. So, it so is, kind of. This new one, Miguel Sapochnik, is going to be directing the pilot. Mm. And then uh, Ryan Condal, Condal from, who did Rampage, is going to be the showrunner. So the other, oh yeah, prequel series was titled uh, Blue, Blood Moon, set thousands of years before. So this is 300 years. This mm-hmm. one was thousands. This one's a little more recent. So what's this? Like, when was the Doom of Valyria? Is that kind of... Kind of thing, maybe this old one. Uh, hmm. The show would have been set in a time when Westeros was made up of a hundred kingdoms. Wow, that's hmm. too much going on. Many kingdoms. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah the, I think they did. They made the pilot. Is that right? Uh, for the Naomi Watts one, they was they started shooting, Oof. and I think then during the shooting phase, they were like, uh, "This is going in the bin." So, God, you know what I would give so much money i wouldn't give any money but i would love to <laughs> see the original pilot for game of thrones the one with like all the completely different cast oh they had one yeah, yeah. i heard it was not very good yeah. right uh D- benioff and vice did that car crash of a panel a couple weeks ago when, <laughs> the day that the it came out the star wars trilogy got cancelled and they basically were like yeah we'd never done anything like that before and Ooh, it was bad and we basically shouldn't have been allowed like it shouldn't have been greenlit based off that pilot that they made but then i think obviously the first few seasons i i like all the seasons have merit but the, those early seasons of game of thrones when you were oh. so close to the books and stuff it came together so incredibly well mm. so um, as big fans of game of thrones what do you guys want out of a prequel series like what do you a break what, what do you hope <laughs> yeah that's the thing I, yeah. is like i was and i'm not anymore right. right now i just need i need time to recover yeah i mean if it if this one is gonna be what 300 years ahead of where we the season ends of, of behind, when, like, right? but yeah three prior, years, yeah. 300 years prior yeah i think they just need know. to relax. Just, i think i think it certainly needs to be a break um mm-hmm. i mean i don't envision it coming for another year and a half or so i think like next year is gonna be uh westworld and then it'll probably be game of thrones yeah. after that I think it just needs to carve something new for itself. Game of Thrones by the end sort of became a parody of itself, I think. Like, God, I feel like I'm being really negative on this uh, episode of the podcast. Um, But Game of Thrones towards the end, 
I think obviously it would be nice to have a plan yeah. for mm-hmm. the ending from the very beginning. And I think is what would be cool is like little nods of names and events that you've only ever really read about or have been like mentioned in passing in the books and stuff mm-hmm. or or in the show. That would be cool. But then you kind of fall into the trap of, well, are you still the same problem of focusing too closely on the books and not really carving anything out for yourself? You, that That's going to be a balance that I'm interested in. I think just taking names and events and mm-hmm. then ma- like basically making it whatever they want. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, I... I I'm not a very big Game of Thrones fan. If you can call me a fan at all, I watched the entire series in a month. Oh, wow. yeah. I remember you doing that. Wow. Because I was like, okay, I guess I'll just... I've, I've never watched like a, a full episode from beginning to end. So I sat down, watched three episodes every single day, That's not a skipping lot. a single day for an entire month just to get to the uh, to the end of the seven, seventh season or sixth Eight seasons. Oh, it was eight. Wow. Yeah. But Whatever. The, the, the last few seasons didn't have 10 episodes, did they? No. They no, no. The, the, the last one definitely did. Yeah, just to get to the, just to catch up mm-hmm. by the, the, the final episode. Was it, it worth it? It was just, I think it was worth it just to experience it all and to yeah. get to know the characters. I don't know them as intimately as some people have who have been watching the show for eight plus years. Mm. And it was kind of all a blur to me. <laughs> like mm. once, you know, I don't have to wait an entire year and a half to find out what happens at the end of a season. I could just go to the next episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm having that right now. So uh, this weekend, I'm going to start The Expanse because what season are they on now? Three, four, five? Possibly five. Possibly five. But I've heard such great things about it. And now I feel like I'm coming at it from this position where I don't have to wait week on week. I don't have to wait a year. Sometimes that feels good. And I'm excited just to binge something. I'm I'm excited that George R. R. Martin now has the time to work on the projects that really matter. I know a lot of people have been waiting for him to <laughs> I know no. where this is going. <laughs> I know a lot of people have been waiting for him to finish the series and I'm glad that he finally has the time to work on Elden Ring with From Software. <laughs> <God's sake. laughs> All right, let's move on to listener questions. Um, Tam, do you want to read the second one down? I think Solan Spence asked about this. How does the strand element work in tandem with your PSN friends list? Does it pull those shared elements from a random server of players? We haven't played it in the wild yet. We've been playing the Death Stranding um, in kind of like a close, like a review sort of environment. We're not... The, the whole world doesn't have keys mm. so can't really comment on that until maybe next week when the game's out I, I will say that the game does I think highlight certain I think it, friends lists like, so you can, I think it pre- like prefers yeah, yeah so and, you can create strand contracts with yeah. certain people um, and it's it's a very passive thing where you just hit a bunch of buttons on, on a list of people that you have seen in the world or interacted with in the world in some fashion mm-hmm. um, and then what that does is just slightly up the likelihood of you seeing that person's structures and i also think they're a different color i could be wrong but when i saw some of them are green uh, yeah, yeah yeah when i saw i saw kurt's lost cargo and it was yeah. uh, it was green um when when um by the time oh like in the coming days you can look at gamespot.com where there will be a breakdown of how the multiplayer slash the social stuff works in death stranding so that will um answer your question Lance. Hmm. all right do you want to read that second one down Hi, me again. How did King Triton get so jacked? <laughs> Exhibit A. 
And then it links to a PNG of uh, King Triton looking <laughs> real jack. Really wish I could see that. Um, uh, I, I am, I'm the only one here with the with real paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kingdom Hearts. It's Kingdom okay, Hearts. So it's, King just it's just regular. It, it's King regular, yeah. Regular King and that's yeah. from Nothing's Sam changed. Harrison, who you may remember from such great hits as "Does Lightning McQueen Need Life Insurance or Car Insurance?" <laughs> <laughs> um, how did he get so jacked? He's underwater. He's a king of underwater. Like, have you you seen swimmers' bodies? Like, what, yeah. what was yeah. the the main swimmer, the Olympic man? What was his name? Somebody here has to Phelps. know. It's Phelps. Phelps. Yeah, Phelps. 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 Yeah. Phelps. So I'm I'm not a, you know I'm not surprised that he's jacked, but he's he's got a lot of mass. So how has he? How well, much he, fish I know he that. Eat? Oh, are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> talking about Michael Phelps or King Triton? King Triton. <laughs> Does he eat fish? Because isn't that him eating his subjects? Yes. Well, no, it's not only, well, his subjects. What do you mean by subjects? Well, he's eating the the, the kingdom, people of his I mean, kingdom. I mean, fish, right. they eat kingdom. other fish, right? Fish eat they other do. fish, but if you consider it in the, pretend like, you know, his kingdom is like earth, you have animals that, you have fish there that like pull carriages and, you know, right. basically farm animals, but fish, right? right. Um, you assume that it's okay to eat those, even though they can talk and sing. <laughs> so I was really confused for a second there because I googled what does King Triton eat and the top one is though the chase may seem slow to human observers the giant triton is known for relatively high speeds especially for a snail because a giant triton is a kind of snail that eats um, other snails uh, I don't know if, if hang I on there's a reddit thread there's a reddit thread okay don't worry about it well, the, the, he's, I mean like King Triton is jacked because he it's like running, you know, when trainers are like, oh, we're going to build up your cardio and that kind of stuff, your your leg strength, they make you run on sand because it's difficult. And it He put, has no legs. He's got the Yeah, yeah, thing. but like this is the equivalent of being underwater where your movement underwater, every time you're swimming, you're basically doing weightlifting. Just like his core N is always that, clenched. Not only that, the lower you go, the more the pressure of the water yeah. actually, yeah. right? They're on the that's sea floor. That, that's yeah. the water equivalent of like wearing weighted clothing. Yeah, That's exactly. just Very adding true. to the workout. So you're, he, he, King Triton is jacked because he's basically working out 24 7 yeah, yeah. so uh, that's the answer to that i just want to know how he's cultivating mass because he's huge plankton is what reddit thinks oh it's a, fair it's a point. lot of plankton a lot of plankton the lowest citizens of his kingdom <laughs> whales i mean whales think about how big whales are they eat plankton and stuff mm -hmm. uh the top comment on this thread though is i just want to know why they make bras and bikini tops out of their dead shellfish friends which is <laughs> the a, question that fair. we didn't think about that's a fair, that's fair. But yeah, there you have it. Thank you for sending that in, Sam. Which is actually really timely because the um, the, <laughs> the live version oh. of Little Mermaid was out yesterday. Have you seen the image of Flounder? Yes, yes, I did. I also watched Shaggy singing. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. Wait, Matthew Lillard? No, no Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy. Shaggy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My brain went like Matthew Lillard who played Shaggy in the Scooby Doo <laughs> no, he, movie. He plays Sebastian Recording in here. Recording artist Shaggy of yeah. It Was his, Okay, it wasn't that makes more sense. <laughs> Uh, I didn't watch that live action Little Mermaid because I couldn't get over the fact that John Stamos looked like um, Sporkus. No, who's the evil guy from? No, no, no Sporkus. He did look like Sporkus from Lazy Town. <laughs> if you... uh, I just remember that Shaggy released an album with Sting. Oh, Sting? Wow. dude, I can't forget that. It's a trip. It's incredible. I'm going to have to listen to that on my way home. Yeah. Same. Um, um, yes, there you have it. Thank you for sending your question in, Sam Harrison. Plankton. Plankton. Um, all right, Chastity, do you want to read out this next question from Kevin? 
Sure. Hey, After Darkers, this is the first year since 2009 that EA hasn't released a competitor to Call of Duty in the same fall release window. Is it safe to assume it was supposed to be Battlefront 3, but it was canceled due to Battlefront 2 controversy? Would that mean Fallen Order was probably pushed up to flesh out EA's release schedule? Kevin from West Hartford, Connecticut. So, are we all just going to ignore the giant plant in the room? Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> but mm. what the hell's the subtitle? It's like Battle for Neighborville or something. Yeah. That came out. It I mean, it's not out. a first person right. shooter, but I would argue it is a competitor to Call of Duty because mm. those games are hella fun. They are fun. Yeah. They're they basically are. the sequel to uh, the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. But you just play as a fun Underrated. Touche. But yeah, I, d I don't think speculating on how, whether games could exist um, and things moving around based on, um, you know, previous trends is it's it's a fool's game but um i don't think that's the case i i don't think that um battlefront 3 was cancelled um just because because battlefront did really well despite the controversy they've been um, they've been updating that game on the regular yeah, too i mean like it, it you we are in a very specific bubble where we see the microtransaction controversy and we're like well that game's dead but actually in a world outside of our bubble no one cares like the people bought it in droves and it done incredibly well. I think they released a statement recently um, as part of their financial calls and it like it totaled the sales of Battlefront 1 and 2 and it was an impressive figure. Um, so that game is doing perfectly fine and they can continue to support it. It's a games as a service game effectively. Um, and a lot of the publishers and developers currently are in a situation where they're favoring games as a service over the yearly model or almost like the cycle model that we're used to between like um, Battlefront and Battlefield and etc. Um, the other thing is DICE are focused on making a new Battlefield game, but um, they mentioned during their recent um, financial call that they are targeting um, the new consoles um, and not even day one new consoles. They're going like further in because they have ideas and specific as they term it, innovations that they're trying to get in place and that is requiring a little more time. Um, and also they have a Star Wars game coming out. Like they need to, they can't put out two Star Wars games at the same time. It wouldn't make sense. I mean, they could, but it Do wouldn't it, make sense. Do it, cowards. <laughs> um, when is that coming out? Next Friday. It's out next Friday. Oh, wow. It's week God. Today. Same day yeah. as Pokemon. I feel like I just saw the trailer for that. Yeah. So Ooh. like having two Star Wars trailers, even if they on paper are different, one being a first person shooter, the other one being a, you know, third person action game in the mainstream in the eyes of mainstream, they're just both both basically two giant Star Wars logos, and it will confuse people. And I wonder um, if yeah. it's some kind of reaction to um, Solo and, mm. you know, the Star Wars trilogy, Solo, Rogue One. They're supposed to do, like, one a year. Yeah, and then, and then fatigue on in. that mm -hmm. just became apparent immediately. I yeah. mean, like, I haven't seen Solo, but I enjoyed Rogue One. But like it, just, it just felt like too much Star Wars. Calm yeah. it down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's a... There's a lot of reasons why there probably isn't a Battlefront 3 right now, but I don't think it's specifically because Battlefront 2 had some drama around it. And to be honest, I'm excited for Fallen Order. And I mean, especially oh, within yeah. the cancellation of Amy Hennig's Star Wars game, mm. I, I'm really ready for a Metroidvania-esque oh, yeah. uh, Star Wars game where I just... And it's like what kind of got poise Fun. that's sort of similar to Sekiro. And mm. I was thinking about that on the walk to work about how there is like that golden era of where... 
there was a lot of Star Wars games, but they were all like so different. And there's like a game for every genre. Mm-hmm. You know, you had like a, the Jedi Knight games and you had KOTOR, you had uh, Empire at War. Were there any like city building sims? Um, oh, no, you know what? Really, that'd be really pretty fun. good though. Like That's the one thing they haven't done yet. Well, like, think about civilization, but Star Wars. Civilization. Yeah. Oh, what? Sorry. Civilization. Yeah, like, like like a city builder, <laughs> but you're building that. like a, your own Death Star. Like that you have to get blown up every year. <laughs> Damn it. Well, that's part of the like you know oh, the, the event, like the, right? The, yeah. the um the natural disaster. Yeah, it's is like coming. a natural disaster. It's like rebel attack. <laughs> this is a fantastic idea. I'm into make it. me want this game. Yeah, but my point is that they used to make so many different Star Wars games, and I, I was ever since EA is they they've been making less, but it it. I've been excited for more like genres of Star Wars games, so I'm excited for Fallen Order just because it, it does feel like something different that we haven't had I in a while. Cannot believe we just invented the best Star Wars game of all. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Make get, it happen. Get Peter Molyneux on it. All right, Joey, do you want to read the next question? Sure. From Brian. Wanted to chime in as a new fan of yours. I started listening to your podcast after I heard Giant Bomb mention it on theirs. Thanks, Giant Bomb. I wanted to let you know that I enjoy the tangents you can go off of. Go, you can go off on as that helps me learn your personalities. The topics discussed are important, yes, but even more so for me are likable, entertaining people that I can relate to. Aww. If you only went down the list of what you were playing, the news and emails, it could make for a boring podcast. I love what you guys are doing so far. The longer, the better for me. I'll toss in the question for fun. Is there a mechanic or story beat that will, re- will redeem an otherwise mediocre game for you? Thanks for doing what you do. Brian from Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. Damn, it's a really good question. Mm. Mm. Ooh, mm. A, a mechanic or story beat that will redeem an otherwise mediocre game. I I feel like that's a little bit tough because I don't play mediocre games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to come up with something, but I was like, oh wait, that wasn't mediocre though. But like, I love when there is a, a twist in the story when you think it's just like a regular regular game, and all of a sudden there's like a an occult thing happening or just something sinister mm. happening out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't um, know if it's like a specific mechanic. Yeah. But like, like Deadly Premonition is a great example yes. where like, I love that game with all my heart, warts and all, the many, many warts I love on that, that game. game. I love that game. But like, in reality, if it wasn't for the charming characters and the writing and the, the way that game ha- like builds its world and its characters, if it was just the combat or mm. the driving. I think that's a great example because like, there's, there's, so, there's so much driving in that game. It's it's not. It's kind of a chore, but like because he talks to himself and is just waxing poetic about eighties movies. Yeah, you're like, no, I want to keep driving. Very charming. Yeah, it's like, oh, I do like the driving part because he's talking about all these eighties exactly. movies. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good example. Man, it's. I was gonna say. Um, I don't want to describe this game as mediocre. Yeah, I'm having this trouble but, too. But like, it's a game that I didn't think was exceptional. But because of the mechanic or the system, it kept me playing for longer than I would. And that's Shadow of War. Um, Oi, Ranger. Yeah. So the the Nemesis system, mm. like mm. in the first game, was incredible. The second game, it was, there were certain aspects of the design of that game that I didn't really appreciate. Um, but the Nemesis system kept me coming back for long enough that it, to an extent, redeemed that game. And then on the flip side, the one thing that Chastity mentioned there where it's something catches you on it unexpectedly, and I don't at all think this is a mediocre game at all, Metal Gear Solid Five. I was going to say, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five. that moment where it suddenly becomes a survival horror game. 
for oh, that one chapter. Yes, yes. That was incredible. And that was, it's the one thing that makes me think, I wish Silent Hills still happened. Because <sighs> that scene where you're basically forced to kill your the people who have pledged their life to you and they very willingly give their lives up is just like, oh my Kojima God. Kojima needs to make a horror game before he retires. He's making movies next. <sighs> Horror a horror movie then something like he i think he really i mean between he's proven that he can do horror so well so i need to see it i like i'm one of those people who stays up at night thinking about the potential that silent hills had no because it was same. like everyone goes on about oh yeah it's silent hill is kojima but like guillermo del toro was involved but more than that junji ito was involved what could have and been that is just like that potential for that like i know that they did like the the oh we bought um you know del toro and um uh, norman reedus back for death stranding but i don't care about that bring back junji ito for something else like i want to see what he can do their collaboration together yeah. right yeah. Mm. that would be incredible that Oof. would also be a nightmare it'll be horrifying it would be yeah the most terrifying thing yeah uh also on the this game is by no way no means mediocre however i I never particularly got on with the shooting in Uncharted. Mm. Um, however, the story and the characterization there is strong enough for me to keep playing it. Also, I think it had, uh, was it three that had that or two? The insta-fail stealth stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of like the opposite of the two. question. Yeah. The opposite yeah. of the question, um, which doesn't redeem a game and in fact is very irritating, but the writing is so good that you still want to see it through. And the, the action and the set pieces is still so good that you want to see it through. Yeah. And, the, and the same with um, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, oh, which yeah. I adore, but yeah. it is one big old escort mission, isn't it? Um, yeah. But she can take care of herself. She takes care of herself, but yeah. I will say as far as mediocre games go, like I think there were, there were there have been a lot of games that I've played, like just capturing gameplay for. Um, and... I don't know. I don't want to insult people who like the Dynasty Warriors series, mm. um, but it's just not really for me, which is kind of surprising because I really like just fast-paced action stuff. I've never really gotten into it, but the one thing that I will say that really kept me going while capturing gameplay for them are the uh, the very large spinning attacks. <laughs> and if I can, if you can make a spinning attack feel as satisfying as they do in Dynasty Warriors, then you've got me hooked. It doesn't matter what genre, it could be like a graphic novel. If there's something that happens that spins and is very large and has like maybe a sword or or could be like any other long weapon of sorts. How do you feel about Beyblade? I love Beyblades. Where is Beyblades gone, by the way? I saw you guys playing with it on the the Extra Life stream and I was like, I saw you guys struggling (laughs) trying to (laughs) let it rip. And the entire time I'm sitting there watching and I'm, okay, so like I... Long story short, I bu- I have um, a toy from my friend called Tornado Rex. And I don't know if any of you guys have heard no. of it. No. It's basically a board game in which you have a, you're a hiker and you roll a die and you try to make it all, all the way up this mountain. If you land on the Tornado Rex spot, he comes out or you, it's basically a spinning top mm. where you like, you screw him into like this a top of a volcano area. It's like about that big, mm. maybe like four inches. You press the button and then he starts spinning all the way down the mountain. And you, if you get knocked out, then you have to start all the way from the beginning. Oh, wow. Mm. And comparing that to how easy it is to use that toy versus a Beyblade, I was just like screaming. <laughs> it's so easy. You could just, you, all you do is put it in, snap it once, and then you just let her rip. 
See, we we had problems because we had never built it before. And the instructions so are the written. The instructions were written for... in nonsense language. Yeah. Yeah. They were not very no. well. <laughs> they weren't very well written at all. <laughs> mine kept falling apart every yeah. time I oh, launched no. it. I I made mine and it was it was good. I enjoyed my one. What'd you call it again? Um, God mode. It was called God, God, mode. God, God mode. Yeah. God mode. yeah. Um, Check out Tamora's inst- Instagram. <laughs> gone now. It's gone. Oh, no. It's gone. Gone. How dare you? Just that one. It's long gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, spinning stuff. I really like spinning stuff. Uh, I like a good transformation. If I if there's a good transformation mm. sequence, just Ooh, I, yeah. that probably comes from my love of Sailor Moon. I just love a good transformation. Or I was gonna say Pokemon sequence, yeah, and Pokemon, yeah. So yeah, and evolution is also good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's just very mediocre, some, just a good, some a good soundtrack yeah. can really pull yeah. me through a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if I'm just if the gameplay's okay, but I'm really feeling it, like oh, the music, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I can keep playing this a little longer. Music can do a lot to change mood. Mm, absolutely, anything. achievements and trophies too. If it's a mediocre game, but if it's relatively easy and you can like just get some trophies like if, it, yeah. if it's like a podcast game wasn't there like an there was like an avatar game i was like about avatar. to say yeah. avatar, yeah. Yeah. Avatar. Well, you, can do, you spend like two hours and you get like a thousand gamer All points you like have what to hit is uh like a or x yeah or you do it in the tutorial it's avatar the burning earth it's like based off the second season uh, my one of my favorite stories is the giant bomb community had one copy of that game <laughs> when they when they um were all like trying to do the early days of achievements yeah and they had this thing where this isn't just the giant bomb staff. This is just the whole community. There was one copy where that would get sent from person to person in the community. <laughs> oh, is this yes. like so the sisterhood would, of the traveling yeah. pants? So they, someone would get the copy. It started somewhere. I can't. I think it must have started with like someone on staff, like Jeff or Brad. Or I think something it was like, like Jeff, because maybe Jeff, Ryan. Jeff has talked about that yeah, game before. Yeah, and like played it and then sent it to someone else in the community. That person would get the thousand and then send it on, <laughs> oh and it God. went round for a really long where, time. Where, do you know where it ended up? I don't know where it ended up. Like I remember following it for ages, <laughs> and it was incredible. You should look into that. Yeah. All right, last question, John. Do you want to get this one? Sure. Get the novel. Let me paint you a little picture. You're a hashtag tween with your sick kicks and your even sicker insecurities. Yeah. Ouch. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even a tween, and that relates to me yeah, still. It hurts. Yeah, it that hurts. was a direct attack. Yeah. And the birthday money from your grandparents is burning a hole in your pocket. You strut into the nearest GameStop. Stop, not spot. Stop. Stop. Grab the new hotness off the shelf and bring it to the checkout counter. GameStop employee. Oh, you don't want to buy that game. It's barely even a game. It's so bad. How do you react to that? Do you buy the game you wanted anyways because you'll decide for yourself if, it, if it's bad? Do you want uh, do you want a bunch of extensive research beforehand on the game so you absolutely know you want it? Do you listen to the employee who has played it before and whose job it is to sell you the game in the first place? And do you pass on the game? After all, you don't have money often and we all know how big a bummer it is to have your one game you could afford to buy be a stinker. I personally hated when employees did this as it made me feel dumb for choosing a bad game, so I definitely purchased the game anyway, resulting in me playing Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the Game uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube for months. That was a win. Thanks. And yay <laughs> anime, Bob Burns. Yay anime. Yay, to be honest, anime. I also thought it was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Whoa. <laughs> um First of all, what a terrible salesperson. I mean, it does happen. I mean, though. it does really? happen. I think you. Oh, I've had it happen. I've, been, I've had it happen. I've been that salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think there is a way that you can go about so, doing that mm. by saying like, 
look, I can advise you on a game, just FYI, this game in particular it doesn't necessarily have the best write-ups. If you like this sort of game, you might like this one. I think that's a much nicer way of doing it, and that's definitely putting the customer first rather than... That feels a bit game keep, uh, like gatekeeper. Yeah. Yes. Gamekeeper. Um, <clears throat> uh, like gatekeeper of like, mm, you don't want to play this game. But I oh. had that happen when I bought um, Assassin's Creed Revelations and Skyrim on the same day. And this guy was like really rude to me. And was saying, are you sure you want to buy those? It was essentially. Skyrim? Yeah. It was like, but I think that was more of a, you're a girl. Oh. 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 So that's, you know, oof. That's mm. a line See, drawn I did from it. that. But I did it when the game was very obviously a bad game, like the like the the trash game that people were, like would put out back in the day. Avatar Burning Earth. Yeah, no, that's a good game. <laughs> um, but like, because you'd have some people who'd just be like looking around. Uh, you know, the people who are like, I'm just gonna see what I can, what I fancy. Um, I'm just gonna grab something. They don't come in being like, I I want to buy Skyrim. They're coming like, I'll see what you know what I can get for this amount of money. And I, f- I saw a lot of people. And in that scenario, I'd be like, I, is this something that you specifically wanted? Or are you just kind of like shopping around to see what you can get? And if that person is like, oh, I'm just seeing what I can get. I'd be like, hey, this game's not great. But for that same price, you can get this game here. Um, so like I, that's how, because I, I worked in game retail for like three or four years. And that's how I do it. There were situations where someone came in and was like, I'm specifically looking for this game. Um and um, I want to uh, buy this game. And I knew it was not good game. So what in that scenario, what I would do is I'd say to that person, this game's not great, but ha- play it anyway. But if you suddenly feel like you want a refund, come back and find me. So like oh. I, I, would, I would, against company policy, <laughs> refund the game. Wow. Just because I hate that company the, yeah, yeah it's such a retail hero everyone needs mm-hmm. i so, also used to do like free discs disc uh scratch cleaning because they would charge five pounds for it and i knew for a fact it cost them pennies oh to do that. that's the disc bad. doctor the disc doctor <laughs> oh yeah they, or they just paid for the fluid and the fluid was not that expensive so yeah. i just do it for free for everyone you're that's, a real that hero. stuff's a scam mm-hmm. mad scam so what about if it was reversed for you like you were on the buying end and the the retailer was like no don't do this Oh, for me, if yeah. it was for me, I think like I usually went into game stores knowing exactly what I want because I think like everyone here, we knew our tastes and we did our our due diligence and like research. Or oh, we're excited for a game. Like if we're excited for a game, nothing's going to stop me from buying the game. Yeah, I mean, like I have, we said, bought, I bought Devil May Cry too. That says everything. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we don't play mediocre games. Yeah, <laughs> I you mean, ever end up being that person where you see a kid and an adult? And the kid is like, I want to buy this game. And I kind of, I remember this so explicitly because it was Saints Row the Third. And this kid must have been about eight. Oh, no. And I, and the the parent was like, well, this is rated 18. Uh, why is it rated 18? Like, ESRB, you know, you can, the rating system, if it's if it's not clear enough to an adult, read in the, the back of the box and you need to rethink some things. And um, I was so stood there and I kind of went, there is a weapon in there that's a giant dildo. And he and like the parent was like, Thank you. And like <laughs> got something more age appropriate. And it's yeah. Ruin that kid's day. Uh, yeah. I mean yeah. well, I mean Saints for Third was great, but it's not appropriate for yes. an No, yeah. I, that's like completely different because that yeah. is you advising a parent to like 
this is not age appropriate. Like this is yeah. probably something your kids shouldn't play as opposed to like saying your kid has bad taste in games. Yeah. <laughs> Some parents just did not care. No. Like, the oh, amount yeah. of parents I was like, this is an 18 rated game. Your child shouldn't be playing this. And they'd reply, oh, but it's just a video game. And I'd be like, yeah. And then in that scenario, I would go into graphic detail about what is in that game. Like I would ex- describe in as excruciating um, detail as I could the things that that kid could do. And then eventually, <laughs> like the parent would either be like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, uh, there'd be, a, <laughs> I think some of them got guilted into not buying it. Others were just like, I, I, I think I that care. might have been what happened to my parents when I asked them to buy me State of Emergency for oh, PS2. Yeah. I'm glad you weren't there to tell them <laughs> not to because they got it and they were like, there's a sticker on this that specifically says, I think it's the only game that I can think of that has a sticker in addition to the ESRB rating where it says only like 18 and over only. I think that's because it was a Rockstar game released after Manhunt. Uh, after the Manhunt really? controversy. Yeah. Uh. I believe that's the case. Are you sure? I thought Manhunt was 05. I think, uh, I think it might have been after 9-11 maybe. Oh God. Blame it all on 9-11. There was, there was like the, the Rockstar connection. So there was a yeah. period where Rockstar was like making it extra clear. Yeah. Um, State of Emergency, by the way, a terrible game. Awful. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But now I'm thinking back to like when I was a kid and yeah, my parents just got me Mortal Kombat 2. I was what? Seven Eight. Was yeah. it for was yeah. it for Genesis? Or it was for, for Genesis. Okay, um, so you got the blood. Yep, yep, sure did. So I'm I'm I was really happy I was able to play that game. But yeah, I should not have been playing that game. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. Um, but to answer this question, yeah, if this if someone's like, oh, don't buy this game, you don't you, you don't want this, I'd probably like, no, I'm getting it anyway. Mm. Yeah, like who are you to tell I'm me? Don't about tell it. me like, what to do. Just let people like what they like. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you were right. Um, Manhunt was after. Oh, State oh. of emergency. Mm. Well, Still the only game to this date that I think has that extra sticker. Published by Viz, uh, Rockstar, but developed by Viz Entertainment. Viz? So Viz for British people mm. is something very different to Viz in America. Viz for Americans is uh, anime, anime and manga. Yeah, anime. Uh, in the UK, it is uh, an adult comic. It's not as rude as that sounds, but it's like a lot of swearing, a lot of adult humor, let's put mm-hmm. it that way. And so when I moved here and I started getting press releases from Viz, I was like, what happened here? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, time to wrap up. Uh, before we go, I uh, want to give a shout out to Sam Harrison, actually, um, who gave us the Lightning McQueen question and that uh, King Triton question that's going to be haunting me. Uh, <laughs> he's been going through a bit of a rough time recently. Um, he was tweeting that... Um, his son Peter was born with some complications um, and he's a sick boy but he's getting better which is great to hear very glad um, and he's raising money he's got a Just Giving for the Plymouth Neonatal ICU mm-hmm. so justgiving.com slash Tracy T-R-A-C-E-Y uh, hyphen Clark C-L-A-R-K-6 if uh, just thought I'd give that mm-hmm. a nice little signal boost because um, it's really cool that Sam like writes in and listens yeah. to the show and I think yeah. he was tweeting to Jake saying that like listening to the show was helping him while he was in the hospital with his newborn. So that's... I think we can put that in the description as well. Yes, let's yeah. totally do that too. Um, we hope you you and baby are doing well, family. Yeah, best yeah. wishes. Yeah. Best wishes Thank family. you for listening. All right, uh, let's go around the room. Where can everyone... Where can the listeners find you? And what are you working on right now? So, Tam? Uh, you can find me on the website. 
gamespot.com. <laughs> um, what am I currently working on? Uh, I'm working on various things. I, I honestly don't know why I'm working. I'm working on so many things right now. I can't tell you what one of them things are. No, yourself. You can't. So many things. No, yeah. You should go check out our Twitter because Tamora's been running the uh, I, GameSpot oh, yeah. Twitter. I knew it. I knew there was something. <laughs> you have been it. doing a fantastic job <laughs> until at that, the eleventh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the things I'm working on, we can't mention. But uh, <laughs> if you want to check out Twitter, you can come and hang out at GameSpot. I'm currently in charge of that. Don't relinquish lot. control. I, of it. I have to. At some <laughs> no. Point. Just see. keep it no. locked in on your phone. <laughs> Because I was laughing my head off at some of the things. Like, just, you'll notice the real increase in Korg posts. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of Korg posts. On Universe, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think my favorite is when you s asked a question on the Universe oh. account. <laughs> and then replied, and then you replied to, to it. And then Chastity's like, you, like, you can't, can't do, do that. This is illegal. <laughs> this is illegal. <laughs> I can't allow this. <laughs> All right, Chastity. Um, yeah, please subscribe to GameSpot Universe if you're into TV and movies and want to hear us break those down and just kind of nerd out over all that stuff. We're breaking down American Horror Story, Castle Rock, Watchmen, Rick and Morty will be coming up very soon, and The Mandalorian. So come check that out. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Chastity underscore V, also on Instagram. Thanks. John Luke? Uh, you can find me at John Luke Seipke on Twitter. I've been doing a lot of Death Stranding videos, which should be up by the time this podcast is up. Um, been working on that. Otherwise, in a few days, look forward to Potato Mode with uh, Red Dead Redemption Ooh, 2. Yeah. Yeah. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> Which I had uh, brought Joey back just for this occasion and then managed to get a twofer, get you on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Joey, oh, yeah. what are you working on? Uh, well, do you want to know where you can find me first? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Uncle Fuzz, U-N-C-L-E-F-U-Z. What is the origin of that name? Okay, uh, it is from an old EGM magazine. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember, EGM used to have the old Chu and Chan mm -hmm. comics. Does anyone remember those? Yeah, yeah I remember those. Um, and they did an episode that was on violence in video games. And this was back in 02 or 03. And they gave one guy MDK2 for Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. And the other guy had to play Uncle Fuzzy Winkle's Garden of Enchanted Delight, which was <laughs> like an edutainment game. And he raged and like started killing stuff after that. And mm -hmm. we're like, yep. Looks like video games do cause violence. <laughs> um, so I've, I've had that handle ever since 03. Wow, it was my first wow. email address. Whoa. <laughs> uh, and what are you working on now? Where can people... Um, nothing really games related, but I have been hard at work on a couple of things, a couple of video projects regarding San Francisco, my hometown. Mm -hmm. um, it's I have a secret first episode already up, but I am oh. finishing editing a second one. And they're all going to be basically about like the area where I live in, which is... It's called the Richmond District in the western side of San Francisco. And basically, like, kind of like a part travel guide, part vlog, part history lesson, mm -hmm. kind of all wrapped into one. And I'm real excited to show people it. Where can people see that? It is on YouTube right now. I don't know because when you make a new account, you have like 20 different letters and numbers after the channel right. uh, URL. What until do you, you search get... for? Is there a search term? No, you can search for my name, Joey Yee, Y-E-E. You haven't made this easy, have you? <laughs> you haven't made it easy. No, well, just follow me on Twitter, or Instagram. I'll make a post about it within the next couple of days. Um, yeah, I've seen some images from it. And it looks fantastic. Yeah, some oh, thank you. BCD stuff it looks cool. Uh, and you can find me at Lucy James Games on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, True Fiction finished last weekend, uh, so I can't really talk about what I'm doing next. However, I'm going to be traveling. I'm not going to be here for like three. I'm spending three weeks out of the office, which is wild. 
uh, going to be in London for a week, and then we're going to go to Tokyo for some cool upcoming parts. I can say it's for audiologues. It's for audiologues. Nice. What's going to happen if you mention that? It's for audiologues. We are shooting the second season of that. Um, if you don't know what audiologues is, it's a show uh, that Joey, Richard, and I worked on earlier this year. We basically got game developers to kind of walk through levels, aspects of game design, uh, and tell some really cool stories. Uh, I think, what's your favorite episode of the first season, Joey? I mean, I'm biased, but I would say the Cuphead one. Yeah, but I, really I, I have a very soft spot for the Dead Cells one, just because of how interesting mm. like all of those mechanics are. Yeah. You forgot to mention that they can draw on the screen. And they can draw on the screen, which is really cool. Ooh. And It took us forever to get that to work. God, it did. <laughs> um, but also Corey Barlog did an episode, Suda51, um, Bluepoint Games, who are teasing something new. Mm. They still um, are. Still teasing, mm. but they were talking about Shadow of the Colossus, which is awesome, uh, and DMC5. So... That's what we worked on earlier this year, and now uh, my focus is on the next season. So you'll see that hopefully end of the year, start of 2020. It's going to be hot. Hopefully. <laughs> has to all come together. I yeah, won't sleep it will until be fine. it's, it's going to be great. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want to check out all the latest uh, and biggest game news videos, check out GameSpot.com. Please email us your questions after dark podcast at gamespot.com that's after dark podcast at gamespot.com uh we read every email we're trying to get through the backlog um it's difficult because we get a lot of mail which is really nice and um we're gonna we'll get your question hopefully jake jake's more in charge of that than i am hmm. um but please send us your your whimsical thoughts about games send us your weird questions like the lightning mcqueen stuff that still haunts me i still think about it all the time um and please don't forget to review on iTunes. Uh, that, that's like the like and subscribe. iTunes is gone. Oh, yeah. It is. They, review they, us on the podcast app. <laughs> yeah. um, it, 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 it's like the like and subscribe of podcasting, I guess. But it does help and it helps us kind of grow our community because I know we haven't been going for that long, but it's really nice to see emails and tweets from the same people and mm. people listen and like we love talking to you guys and learning what you like as much as you like listening to what we ramble on about so anything to make our community nice and, and bigger also discord we want to talk about that yet yeah uh that is still in process i think it got put on hold because everyone was kind of running around because yeah. it was been so crazy so i think next week when it's finally a little like lighter in the office i'm gonna go poke the people that i originally poked and be like hey what's up with that so, Once but. we finish doing strands in games, yes. we'll do strands in real life. Ex exactly. Build it. All right. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Hi, Jake. Love you. Dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> now all I can think about is King Triton. Jack, Jack King, King Triton. Triton. No.